the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live Hour 2. Great to be with you today as it is each and every day, Monday through Friday from 3 to 5. Can I tell you a secret? This is a Christmas a Christmas secret. All right. Lots of Christmas secrets, I suppose. Here's here's one. And uh, m- maybe you have shared this yourself, you know, but when I became eventually lead pastor, for a while I was pastor at a church and I was on staff um, in a big church, and then I became a lead pastor of a smaller church. And Christmas time, the first couple of years especially, it became so busy and stressful. I mean, really busy. And there's Christmas performances, Christmas Sunday, Christmas choirs, Christmas skits, Christmas cookies, Christmas this and that, Christmas decorations, Christmas volunteers, Christmas programs. And it was so busy and stressful. Plus, there's family obligations, pastoral obligations, multiple services, Christmas Eve, extra things. My dad's a pastor, He was a, and he's still a pastor. And uh, he was a pastor for 50 years already when I became a lead pastor. And I remember calling him up one Christmas and going, Dad, secretly do pastors hate Christmas? Have you just always hated this time of year and you can't wait to get past New Year's? And he laughed and we had a little conversation about it, you know, and I got over it a little bit. But, you know, sometimes all of us, right, we have we have the season that we look forward to, most of us, and we think of it as a great time. But the truth is, is that there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of joy in some years, but some years there's a lot of sadness there's a lot of loneliness. How do you balance all of this? And how do you, with so many emotions and so many different things that Christmas brings that are exciting and fun, but also difficult and even painful, how do we deal with this? Here to help us understand how to deal with this is Bob Lapine. Bob is best known as uh, to radio and podcast listeners as the longtime co-host of Family Life Today. He's also the on-air announcer for Truth for Life with Alistair Begg. I highly recommend that program on this station. Bob is the teaching pastor at Redeemer Community Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, and he is the author of a new book, a fast and helpful read called The Four Emotions of Christmas. Bob, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott. Always great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, what are you doing this Christmas, Bob? Well, you know, we're uh, anticipating the arrival of uh, 18 of our closest friends. So that would include <laughs> that's include uh, four of our five kids, their four spouses, and uh, along with that, then we will have eight grandchildren. I guess it's 16 friends. You had Marianne and me. I'm just counting the number we're having to cook Christmas breakfast for. So... Uh, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, so you're going to cook breakfast. You're not taking them out to the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> no, we would have to drive two hours to go to the Cheesecake Factory because there's not one in Little Rock. I've tried and tried, and I can't get them to build no, one here. We need, uh, like, we're going to go to change.org and have a petition to have a Cheesecake Factory <laughs> in Little Rock just for you. Well, that's a lot of people coming over. That sounds great, though, right? Are you looking forward to that? Or or secretly, you know, they're probably not listening, right? Uh is it is it stressful? Do you feel like I can't wait till this is over? 
we had a little meeting yesterday morning, Marianne and me, as we started to map out this meal and that meal and what are we going to do about this? Now, wait, what happens with this person? So, yeah, there's a little bit of uh, anxiety and stress that comes with the season, and that happens every year. I mean, Christian Christmas is a is kind of a big event, a big production. You want it to be special, and so trying to get it all right. You were talking about it in the church context. I think it's the same for a lot of us in our families. Yeah, I think it's the same thing uh, for for all of us. There is you want it to be special. You want it to be memorable, and sometimes it's it is that. And then, but there are other times in life, and many people listening are going through a time where they're not having a lot of people over because it's financially difficult, or there's been a a loss in the family, uh, or they don't have a lot of people to. To bring over, there's a lot of in between too, and different reasons. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and and thinking about this, and just thinking about the Christmas season, I realized that we come into the season expecting it to deliver a lot for us hmm. because it has in the past. We have special memories from Christmas growing up. When, growing up, when we didn't have a whole lot that we had to do, we just had to show up and open presents and right. get excited, and you know, we thought Christmas is wonderful, and then when we realized. Oh, somebody has to make all of this happen. Uh, the season that we expected would bring us joy because it had for so many years as a kid. Now, now we recognize, oh, this is a season that can actually bring stress and sadness, like you said, unmet expectations. And I think we've got to be ready for that. We do. It is something that changes as an adult. I remember as a kid one time, I was so excited about Christmas. You know, I was always up right about the time that Santa Claus went to bed. <laughs> right. And one time I remember getting up and my dad was building this dollhouse for my sister. It was called the Barbie's Dream House. And it was as big as we are. Like You could walk in it. It was unbelievable. Right. And I think there's only been two times in my life when I've heard my father swear. And that was one of them. Santa said a really bad word. And uh, I went back to bed. <laughs> and that's when I realized Christmas isn't the same for everybody. There was one Christmas where I got up early, I think it was five, and I, I didn't know any better. I just went downstairs and started opening presents that were under the tree for me. <laughs> right. My mom was so mad when she woke up and realized I'd already opened all my presents. You know, she, she'd waited the whole season, wrapped all of these so that she could have the joy of seeing me open them and the expression on my face. And so that was all gone. She missed all of that. She was pretty put out with me, uh, but I got to play with the presents for a little extra. So, you know, that's that's what mattered to me back then. Yeah, I think we've all had that that experience uh, in one way or another. Do you do the shopping or does your wife do the shopping or do you split we, it? We split it up and, um, you know, we we found like a lot of people, we take care of a lot of it online and just avoid the, the traffic and, and getting all of that done. But that does mean that, Again, we've got we've got a lot of kids and grandkids, so there is both the uh, the challenge of getting all of that done, and then the expense of getting it all done. And you got to figure out how you're going to try and make that work. Yeah, my my wife, she will buy for next Christmas at the sales after this Christmas. That's kind of how mm -hmm. she operates, and then she'll hide it somewhere here in the house. I am a Christmas Eve shopper for this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And it doesn't bother me at all. We're all the same. A bunch of guys at the mall on Christmas Eve. And if... I have a friend of mine, a pastor friend, who on Christmas Eve realized he needed to get something for his wife. And he went out to uh, to a department store and he saw a necklace that he thought was pretty. And so he bought that, took it home, was pretty pleased that he found something on Christmas Eve that he was excited about, gave it to his wife the next morning. She opened it and he could tell that her, her, um, <laughs> 
her expression was not particularly enthusiastic. And so he finally said, you know, was there was there something wrong with the necklace that I, I gave you? Did you not like it? And she said, you gave me the exact same necklace last year. Oh, <laughs> and he said, really? He said, I've never seen you wear it. And she said, I know which was because she didn't like it. So she got a bad, she got a duplicate and one she didn't like. That was not a good Christmas for my friend. No, no, that's that's a bad story. If you want some fun on Christmas Eve, if you're out, go to 7-Eleven at like midnight. It's fantastic. <laughs> Loaded with people. All men. No ladies in there. Yeah, you're listening to Southern California Live. My guest is Bob Lapine. He's the author of a new book for Christmas called The Four Emotions of Christmas. Bob, let's talk about this this book. Um, there are a lot of different emotions that people are going to go through, and they're going through right now. Um, let's talk about those emotions. Well, and, and let me just say at the beginning, I, I wrote this hoping that your listeners would not just get a copy for themselves, but it's it's an inexpensive book. I'm hoping they'll get a, a handful of copies. This was really written for people who don't go to church regularly, folks who might show up on Christmas. My hope was that uh, church-going folks would get a copy of the book, give it to uh, a co-worker, a neighbor, a relative, along with an invitation to the Christmas Eve service mm-hmm. and maybe a plate of cookies, and use it as a way to try to have a gospel conversation during the Christmas season. Because as you know, Scott, there's no better time of year. It's easy to say to something, say to someone, what, what does your family do for Christmas? What, what, what are your traditions? What are your, your, how do you celebrate it? You can have that conversation. And then you can say, is church a part of that? Do you guys do anything? Do you go to church on Christmas Eve? And however they respond, you can say, if you don't have any place to go, if you'd like to go with us, we'd love to have you uh, be our guests and come to our church Christmas Eve service. There are just simple ways to conveniently, comfortably invite folks to church. And so I hope this book, the, the whole idea of this book is is very simple. We head into the Christmas holiday expecting love and joy and peace and excitement, and we oftentimes get sadness and loneliness and unmet expectations and stress. And we think, why didn't Christmas deliver and what I say in the last chapter of the book is that you're you're looking for a holiday to deliver something that only a person can deliver, and that person is Jesus. He can bring you joy. It's not the holiday that brings joy. It's the one whose birth we're celebrating. So throughout the book, I keep saying maybe some of what you're feeling, these emotions at Christmas, maybe there's a spiritual root to some of this, and you ought to investigate that during this season. I think that's a a great tool. I have found, and I believe it's still true, that Christmas Eve, as far as our culture is concerned, and people who don't usually go to church, who go to church all of a sudden, I think Christmas Eve might even be bigger than Easter now, as far as overall attendance. Yeah, and and it's a great opportunity. So as our church is putting our service together, we, we want it to be meaningful and worshipful for those folks who are regularly a part of our church. But we also are keeping in mind that there are going to be a lot of folks there who are there because it's Christmas and they think they ought to be there and they know some of the songs. But we want to make sure that what we're pointing them to, what we're talking about, is something that will get them thinking about looking at Christmas through different eyes this year and maybe understanding that the reason Jesus came is because there's a hole in their heart and and uh, they realize that. And Jesus has come and said, I want to 
I want to address that hole in your heart, uh, and I want to fill that hole in your heart. So that's that's what we're trying to point people to at Christmas this year. I, you know, I think as we talk about these emotions, I think that a lot of these things, like when I talked about my little story at the beginning about a secret from a pastor, I think that the emotions that a lot of people feel are always a secret. Like they don't share them, even within their own family. The struggles that people are going through and the people that you might invite as a guest, they're going through stuff, even if it doesn't look like it because of all the lights and festivity at their house. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And and part of this is because we don't want to mess up the season for anybody else. Mm-hmm. So we think everybody else is is smiling and joyful and that they're having a good season. And we don't want to we don't want to be the downer in the middle of the Christmas season. So we just tuck it away, keep it to ourselves. And I think some of us think, what's wrong with me? Why am I not getting the joy in this season that other people are getting? And it's just helpful to know, listen, your calendar is more crowded in the month of December than any other month of the year. Uh, your your finances are challenged in the month of December December. Uh, more than most months that you're you're dealing with, um, you you've got family relationships that maybe have been sidelined for a while that are going to come around at Christmas. Maybe there's some tension, some unresolved issues mm. there that you're going to have to confront. These these are the realities of Christmas, and I think it helps for us to know it's it's true for everybody, and maybe have somebody that we can have some conversations with, get ready for this, and and handle it appropriately. Give me an example of a one of the uh, Christmas emotions. My guest is Bob Lapine, and uh, he has a new book called "The Four Emotions of Christmas." And uh, you know what are what are the four emotions? If that doesn't spoil the book for you, like what are the ones you focus on? Spoil the book? No, you know we we start off by talking about the fact that we carry into Christmas expectations, and some of those expectations are going to go unmet. We we expect the holiday to deliver certain things, and we're going to get to the end of it, and we're going to go. Uh, we we didn't this expectation that this relationship would happen right, that this conversation would go well, that this gift would be well received, or that we would get the gift that we were longing for. I mean, there are all kinds of expectations we carry with us into the Christmas season. Again, some of these go back to our childhood. We heard Andy Williams telling us it's the most wonderful time of the year, and we get into it and we go, okay, where's where's the wonderful that mm. I'm feeling? Um, and and some of that comes from the expectations that go unmet in our family. So I think we have to come in and say, first of all, are my expectations realistic about this season? Am I expecting Christmas to deliver something that Christmas was never designed to deliver? Am I Am I right-sizing and right-calibrating what the the Christmas experience is supposed to be like? And that, that's just that's one of the emotions that I think we have to head off at the pass so that we don't get to December 26th and go, well, that was a disappointment. Right. You know, that, that didn't happen the way I had hoped it would happen. I'll tell you a quick story. We... Uh, uh, we remember one Christmas morning where our kids were opening presents. We got all done opening presents, and our second daughter said, um, where's mine? And we looked at each other. We had forgotten oh. a gift for one of our kids. Now, you talk about a Christmas gone bad, first for that child, who was very kind and forgiving and was well taken care of after the season was over. But as mom and dad, here we're expecting 
you know, the, the season to bring joy to everybody. And here we've just let down one of our kids mm. and we feel terrible about that. And, and there are going to be all kinds of ways. You're expecting that the, the mashed potatoes are going to turn out perfect and they may not. Right. You're expecting that the pie is going to be perfect and something happy. You leave the sugar out of the pie, whatever it is, you kind of have to adjust yourself to the fact that not everything is going to go perfectly during the Christmas season. And let's, give up on that myth and let's roll with it and recognize that's not what the season there are things that are going to happen this year like the not giving a child a gift we laugh about that now that she's yeah. 35 but at the time you just felt miserable and horrible that you'd been how could we be such lousy parents to forget one of our kids right right and so disappointment i think that does happen we build up so much on that day it, i don't know if it can always reach that day, that, that pinnacle that we uh, are expecting almost at any time, even when it comes down well, to the mashed potatoes. It can't, it can't yeah. come back. Yeah. And that's, that's where I think we have to go in going, okay, let's, uh, let's recognize it's not going to do that. And let's go from there. One of the other emotions that you talk about in the book is sadness. Um, it's yeah. not always a happy season for people for various reasons. We had, uh, we'll never forget our first Christmas away from our extended family. Uh, Marianne's family is in Oklahoma. My family at the time was in St. Louis. And here we were living in Sacramento. We had just moved out there. We'd been there for two months. I was starting a new job there. And Marianne was pregnant with our second child. So we had a three-year-old and a. I had a wife who actually uh, delivered the baby on the 29th of December. So that's how pregnant she was. Wow. And we, uh, you know, we got up that Christmas morning with our, with our one three-year-old and went down under the tree and, uh, got the presents out and opened the presents. And she was thrilled with the backpack she got and the toy that she got, but the whole un- unwrapping the presents part of Christmas morning took about 15 minutes. And I don't know if we had a special breakfast that morning or not, but along about 8.15, we looked at each other and said, okay, now what do we do the rest of the day? Hmm. And we didn't have any extended family to visit. We didn't have any friends to spend Christmas with because we just lived there for two months. And it was a long, lonely, sad day for us. And finally, we I, we kept waiting for uh, – Marianne's family for her mom to call and say, Merry Christmas. And she never called. Huh. And finally, at about five o'clock in the afternoon, we called back home. This was back when you had to pay for long distance phone calls. Right. You remember those days? I right? do. So we called after five o'clock and, uh, and said, hi, Merry Christmas. And she said, oh, how are you guys doing? She said, I really can't talk. We've got everybody over here right now and, and the party's going on. So I'll have to talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Oh, and we thought, well, everybody's over there having a good time. And here we are after a miserable day with nothing much to do. And I just remember going to bed that night and going, yeah, this was this was the loneliest, saddest Christmas that that we had. And uh, again, it, it was something that kind of took us by surprise and we weren't prepared for it. And for a lot of people, I, I was looking out this past Sunday, Scott, as I was preaching, there's a woman in our congregation whose husband passed away two years ago. So this will be her second Christmas without him. He used to be, he was a a, a band leader here in in Arkansas where we live. 
he used to go around at Christmas time and do Christmas concerts for all kinds of people. So the season was always busy and always festive for her. And now she's a widow living alone. And it's got to be lonely and mm-hmm. hard and sad for her. And I think we need to recognize there are people all around us who are experiencing not the joy of the season, but sadness that comes from loss, from from disappointments. And we need to be alert to those. We need to be looking for those folks and reaching out to those folks and help them have some joy in this season. I, I think it's so helpful to to hear you know, for sure, people who are suffering loss, I think we sort of get that. We're dealing with that in my family. It'll be the first year with uh, my mother-in-law passed away in January. So it's a hard Christmas. And she lived with us for a while. So my kids are close with her. And of course, my wife is really struggling. But just the fact that sometimes it becomes a day that's over at 815. I think a lot of people experience that. We don't think about that. That's a great example of how it can be a hard day. Bob, can you stay with me over the break? Love to do that. All right. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about two other emotions in the book. One of them is stress, but the other one is joy. And with all of the different things, how do we find joy at Christmas time and remember that it's about Christ? Remember what Christmas is really about. And uh, we'll do that as soon as we get back. You're listening to Southern California Live. My guest is uh, Bob Lapine. Bob Lapine is the author of a new book called The Four Emotions of Christmas. You can find that on Amazon.com called The Four Emotions of Christmas. And uh, you can order it today. It's a great gift and uh, a great way to give to somebody and invite them to church and Christmas Eve service. Christmas is on Sunday, maybe even Christmas Day. You know, Christmas Day service is not for everybody, but some people, they really need it. And it's such a good thing. We'll be back with Bob Lapine as the Tuesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. My guest is Bob Lapine, the author of The Four Emotions of Christmas, a uh, new book you can get on Amazon.com or wherever you get your books. And it is a uh, great tool for not just for yourself, but even to give to neighbors or friends, people in your relational world, as we all go through different things at Christmas time. And uh, Bob, one of the emotions that you talk about is is stress. I think we all handle stress differently. In, in my house today, uh, my wife is thinking there's only 12 days left till Christmas. And, but in my mind, I'm thinking, I still have 12 days. I got plenty of time. We, we deal with it very differently. But it's a very stressful time. Um, it creates a lot of uh, tension in families, within friendships, even in workplaces, doesn't it? Yeah, there's stress because of the level of activity involved. Uh, there's financial stress that we face. There's, there's stress, there's relational stress that comes with family members or coworkers or people where things get sideways and, and we're, we have to confront one another in the, the midst of the Christmas season. And then typically our schedule is such that uh, our sleep patterns may be more disrupted than normal. Uh, maybe our diet patterns aren't as good. We're not getting the exercise we might need to get. So life is out of sync and out of rhythm. Our calendar is crowded and overrun. You talked about what it's like for pastors and church leaders during December and all of the things that we've got going on. We'll think most of the people in the congregation are coming to those things right. in addition to the school pageant and the office Christmas party. And uh, I mean, we can just go down the list of all of the things, the recitals that happen and uh, all of the activities that just make for a, a stressful season for us. And if, if we go into that season 
I mean, think about adding on top of that all of the family traditions. So you say, we want to have a night where we watch uh, White Christmas or It's a Wonderful Life. And then they're the Christmas cookies that we want to bake, and we want to make that special for the kids because they always love baking the Christmas cookies, except now they're 14 and 15, and they don't love it as much as they used to when they were, you know, 7 and 8, and yet mom is still trying to hold on to that memory, and the kids mm. are going, do we have to do that again this year? There's just all of that mixed into the Christmas season, and I think we two things. We've, we've got to go into the season, get out your calendar before the season starts, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and just say, okay, what are the real essentials that we have to put on here? Secondly, I would say make sure you include in your in your time during the month some time to, to rest, some time where you can sleep or relax or get some time away. If you don't build that in, you'll just find yourself constantly facing the, uh, the, the challenges um, – Uh, that are in front of you. And then the last thing I'd say is look for opportunities during the month to serve other people. Mm. And, and I don't mean that as a stressful thing. I've just found in my own setting, when I do that, when I build in opportunities to be serving other people, that helps drain the stress. It helps bring some of the joy back in to the season for me, just to see that I've been able to, to serve somebody else and, and help their day go better. So, Those are just some simple strategies for dealing with the stress of the season. And, you know, I think that that is a it's a great way to get into your your fourth emotion of the season in your book about joy and how to get that back. It's supposed to be the theme of the season. Joy to the world we sing. And, right. you know, we have the disappointment, the stress and the sadness that we've talked about. Those emotions are so heavy for us. How do you get the joy back and remember what Christmas is about? Well, this is what we're all going into the season longing for. And yeah. the, the problem is we think that the joy is going to come from celebrating the traditions. And, and there, there'll be some of that. There'll be joy that comes from unwrapping presents or seeing your kids get something that delights them. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are there are those moments of happiness. But here's the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is tied to happenings. So the, the, the English used to have an expression where they would say, the British would say, may the haps be with you. Hmm. And they would, what they were saying was, may, may the events of your life be positive. And if the events of your life are positive, then you are happy. If what happens is good, it makes you happy. But, if, but joy is, is different than that. Joy is transcendent. Joy, joy is not dependent on circumstances. Joy is dependent on what we know in our soul is true, so that even in the midst of difficult circumstances, we can still experience joy because we know something deeper is going on. The Apostle Paul talked about this. In in 2 Corinthians 4, he talked about what he was dealing with in life, and he called it light and momentary afflictions. He said, you know, and, and this is somebody who had been beaten and tossed out of town and stoned and left for dead, eventually wound up in prison. He said, all of these things are light and momentary afflictions that are producing in me an eternal weight of glory. And in fact, when he wrote to the Philippians, which, as you know, Scott, is a it's an extended thank you note for the money that they had sent him while he was in prison. Right. But he, he talks about joy throughout that 
that epistle. And here's what brings me joy. My joy is complete when I know that you all are unified. I've learned how to be content in every circumstance. What brings me joy is not the events of today, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've learned the secret of contentment. And so I think at the Christmas season, we have to pull back and say, well, Jesus came to bring us joy. In fact, in, in Psalm 16, it says that uh, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. So if, if you're not experiencing joy in the Christmas season, I would say that's probably an indication you're not spending much time in his presence. So how do you get there? How do you, well, you, you get there gathering with God's people at church, but you also get there in your own quiet time with the Lord. You, you reset your heart and mind on what's really true and what really matters. And it's not whether the, the, uh, the food was all perfect on Christmas morning. It's not whether you got to do everything you hoped to do or everything turned out the way you hoped it would. Joy is found in knowing that you belong to Christ. Jesus came into the world. He he gave himself for you. We beheld his glory. And, and you're going to spend eternity in his presence with him because of Christmas. And you remember, that's the real source of joy, is knowing that we have a hope and a future. That is such a important thing for, for everybody. And if you're listening, you're listening to Southern California Live. My guest is Bob Lapine, and he's the author of The Four Emotions of Christmas. Um, I think that people have to step back. Christians have got to step back and and realize that their joy is in the Lord. Like you said, it's independent of our circumstances. And remember that for this day, because we're all going to go through all of those emotions, disappointment, right. stress, and uh, sadness, but also that joy of of Christmas. Um, and again, that's where I'm hoping that if, if listeners will put a copy of this book in the hands of people in their neighborhood, people at the office, we, we have in our neighborhood uh, a little kiosk that's been set up that they call the Little Lending Library. Right. And people will take books down there and just leave a book, and you can go down there and take books. Well, I'm going to take a handful of these books and drop them off in that lending library, and hopefully somebody in the neighborhood will take that home with them, read it at Christmas time, and go, you know, maybe what I'm looking for, maybe the joy I'm looking for isn't about whether the presents are right. It's about something that goes deeper than that, something that will point them to Jesus at Christmas. That's a great idea. We have those little lending libraries all around out here. Yeah. It's kind of a, a common thing, and it's fun. People do it, and uh, that's, yep. a, that's a great idea. Hey, Bob, what's the best place to get your book? Right now, uh, the best place to go is to the publisher's website, which is the number 10, 10ofthose.com. Hmm. So the number 10ofthose.com, and uh, a lot of sites have sold out, and so I'm sending people straight to the publisher to get them these days. So that's the publisher, 10ofthose.com, and part of that, uh, the deal there is that you can order a bunch of them at a time. Right. Yeah, our church ordered a couple hundred. We've got them in the church library or in the church uh, uh, foyer, and people are taking them with them as they go, and we'll give them out to people at the Christmas Eve service when they come. We're just looking at it. I'm, I'm hoping Christmas can be a super spreader event this year, you know? Yes. And we can uh, <laughs> all be involved in, in being super spreaders of the gospel. We can, we, can, we can redeem that term. 
That's right. Super spreader for the gospel and the four emotions of Christmas. This is a great book, and you're right that people at Christmas time they will they will receive this this gift, even if they don't consider themselves religious. They're going to see it as something great to have. And because, and, it's, because it's a little eighty page book, it's not something that they will easily just toss away. I mean, yeah. it, it it's got some weight to it, so folks will go, well, I can't just throw a book away. So hopefully they'll uh, keep it around or pass it on or, or read it. You know, that's, again, I'm, I'm just praying for for, uh, for spiritual fruit from this book this Christmas. Yeah, well, Bob, thank you very much for being with us on Southern California Live. Uh, always a pleasure to speak with you, and thank you so much for your ministry. You bet. Always love being with you, Scott. And I'll pray that uh, everything goes well for your 18 of your closest friends on Christmas Day. <laughs> thank you. All right. God bless you, uh, Bob. All right, my guest has been Bob Lapine, and Bob Lapine is the author of The Four Emotions of Christmas, a great book for you, but also a great book for you to hand out for people that you know. The website that he mentioned is called uh, 10ofthose.com. It's the number 10, one zero, ofthose.com, 10ofthose.com, and that's a great way to get them in bulk. They have them in stock, and uh, it's uh, you know getting close to Christmas, so go there right now, 10ofthose.com. And get yourself a couple of those for yourself and for the people that you know. Uh, like Bob said, it's about 80 pages. It's a great uh, a great book. It won't intimidate others. And a great way to invite them to your Christmas Eve service, wherever you might be going, where they'll hear the story of Christmas. It's a great, it's just such a great season. It'll remember, remind them and maybe teach them for the first time of the joy that we have in Christ in this world that's more and more joyless uh, all the time. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the joy of this Christmas time. And uh, I'll give you some scripture to read that if if you or somebody you know also just wants to get back into the Christmas story, I'll give you something that will be a great reminder when we come back. The number is 888-528-2557. If you'd like to join our conversation and respond, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Always good to be with you. We've been talking about Christmas and the different emotions at Christmas. And, you know, I want to end with joy. You can give me a call if you want to respond or join the conversation, 888-528-2557. Joy to the world, one of my favorite probably my actual favorite Christmas carol, Joy to the World. And we have to remember that. And let me give you something to to think about as you think about the Christmas story, the, the joy that we get from Christmas. We're going to have that if we go back to what Christmas is about, all the stress and the difficulties of the season and all the, the pressures of different things. Some of that is the, the season that's tied into our economy and time, tied into our memories about different things at Christmas. The solution is to remember Christ, to remember that, you know, whatever happens on Christmas or doesn't happen, at the end of the day, the purpose of the celebration is to remember the birth of Christ. Let me ask you this. When was the last time that you actually read through the Christmas story in the Bible, like the whole story, not just starting in Luke 2, but starting in Luke 1 and getting the other things? One of the, I, I messed up uh, Christmas Eve a couple of times from the standpoint of planning it. And and one of those times it's because I decided that I would do uh, a message not on Mary and Joseph and the little baby, but I did it on uh, Elizabeth and uh, Zechariah and John the Baptist's parents. And I did it on 
what they were dealing with leading up to the birth of Christ. And some people were like, you should have talked about the Christmas story. And they were right. And then uh, one time we tanked our Christmas Eve service because all the kids in the church got sick. We had this big play. We bought this uh, this manger to put up uh, in all of this stuff. And man, so many people were sick. And then uh, we had to just sort of recruit kids at the last minute. And I was going to narrate the Christmas story. It was It's funny now. It wasn't that funny then. And uh, Mary just refused to put baby Jesus back in the manger. She was not about to let go of that that doll that we had there. You know, the the great thing, though, about the Christmas story is that it is, there's so many great things, but it's rooted in history, that it's not just, a, you know, some story that's like a lot of the other secular Christmas stories that begin with once upon a time there was a, a bearded man in the North Pole and those kinds of things. The Christmas story in the Gospel of Luke begins with Luke describing the whole book that's tied into everything right up to the resurrection of Christ and the ministry of Christ. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. That's how Luke begins. And then you get the story of the birth of John the Baptist, all right, which is a cousin of Jesus. And the, the these stories, maybe you forgot, but there's something great about these stories that have to do with joy. Whenever Zechariah was told that he was going to have a son, that his prayer was heard that even in there that they would have this this child that his wife Elizabeth would bear him a son and you were to call him John the angel of the lord that was appearing to him said he will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth not because they're happy for you Zechariah i mean they'll be happy for you but for he will be great in the sight of the lord and it says he is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And then it says this, it says, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. We don't usually include that verse when we're talking about uh, abortion and that that subject, but that's a pretty significant one biblically uh, about the unborn child, that, that John, John who would become John the baptizer, would be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. And he will bring back many of the people to of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. Such a powerful story. This is the beginning of the actual Christmas story. You have to think about this because historically God had been silent for around 400 years, meaning that the he stopped sending prophets. He stopped sending people who were official uh, messengers of the Lord to Israel, and yet some people still kept the faith that the Messiah would come, and now the Lord is speaking. That's why that's such a day of great joy, is that God has not forgotten about us. And as you read that, you should remember that God has not forgotten about you. Whatever it is that you're going through in your life, he's not forgotten about you. Uh, Zechariah had some doubts in the story. He says, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Uh, not, I probably would have left that second part out. But he says this, and the angel says to him, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news, and you will now be silent and not able to speak. Remember that story? When was the last time you actually went through this? You will not be able to speak until this day happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. 
And so he does. He stays silent. And after that, Elizabeth does become pregnant. And for five months, he stayed silent. And she understood that the Lord has done this for her. In these days, he has shown favor, Elizabeth says, and taken away my disgrace from among the people. She felt like in those days, you you felt like it was a disgrace if you couldn't have kids. Today, by the way, it's different because part of the reasons for having kids then was because if you were Jewish, it's because you you are to bring about the Messiah. And you need to have babies to continue the the Jewish nation and to ultimately bring about the Messiah. Well, the Messiah has come today. You know, today maybe God's call for us is to go adopt babies and uh, to do that. Anyway, different subject. But then you get the birth of Jesus foretold. And God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth and to uh, to Joseph. And it talks about that story. And Joseph and, and Mary, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled and wondered what kind of greeting that might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, for Mary you have found favor with God. You will give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus, and he will be great and he will be be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary says, how shall this be? Not in a doubting way like Zechariah, uh, but since since I am a virgin, people back then understood basic biology. Okay, And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Very important passage here, by the way. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. This is such a powerful passage. Listen to that. No word from God will ever fail. That can give you joy. He promised the Savior, and he brought him. He promises that whoever believes in Jesus, that he died for your sins, that he rose again from the dead, that's enough for you. If you believe that Jesus rose again from the grave, if you confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he said he is, then even though you might die in this life, you're going to follow him out of the hole that he punched in death into new life forever. There is so much to remember about this. So then Mary visits Elizabeth, and here you get another part of, of joy. And she says this, so she tells Elizabeth, her relative, about what's happened to her, and they share stories in verse 44, chapter 1. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. You know, this baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy. The the baby who already had the Holy Spirit upon him. When we went to see the first ultrasound of our first child, James, the nurses doing the ultrasound on Christy and we're watching the screen there and, and it wasn't the first one it was it was several months in so he was large enough and you could see his hands and feet what we saw on the screen blew us away we saw little baby James what appeared to be him leap in the womb now I am not saying that he has some special you know uh, role that God has placed on him because we saw him leap not saying that don't interpret it I'm just saying that we actually saw this happen. It probably happens often, okay, in uh, a woman who's pregnant. But we actually saw this, and it reminded us both of this passage, and it was just a time of, of joy that we had seen that. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. 
And then if you go keep going through, Mary has this song that she sings that's magnificent. It's called the Magnificat, okay, if you're into that. Then you get the birth of John the Baptist. Then Zechariah gets his voice back, and he gets to speak. And these songs that are recorded in Scripture are so full of joy, so full of truth about Christmas time. This is what Christmas is about. Would you do this yourself and maybe with your family? When you read the Christmas story, if that's a tradition, or if it's not a tradition, make it one this year. Most people start at Luke 2, or they watch the Peanuts gang and you hear Linus read Luke 2, and Luke 2 is great. It it places this event in history with Caesar Augustus and King Herod, and you've got these characters that are real historical things. We know this is something that happens in, in history, okay? But go back to chapter 1, and you see the joy, the joy that these parents see for these kids the joy of the mercy of God, the joy of the salvation that God is going to bring through the forgiveness of sins, Zechariah's song says, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. That's all in Luke 1. It is powerful stuff. It is the Christmas story. Make it your tradition to read Luke's 1 and 2. Luke 1 and 2. Check it out for your Christmas story. And you know what? And study it. I think it, will, I think it will help you have the joy of the season. It will help you to be able to see through all the muck and all the clutter and all the stress, and maybe you've got a lot of sadness and other things going on. Man, it's such a, a huge, beautiful part of the story. So check it out. All right, that's my, uh, that's my advice for you today, Luke chapter one. Hey, if you uh, missed an hour of our program, you can always get it on the podcast. Go to our radio website and look for Southern California Live in the program guide. And the podcast is there. You can also go to Spotify. If you've got a Spotify account, look for Southern California Live and click subscribe. And uh, not only can you listen at any time, but you can also post those on your social media and uh, let other people know about the show. I think today's show, both hours are are things that are very, very helpful for people. So uh, check it out. I hope that you are having the joy of Christ, the joy that is beyond whatever circumstances you have, and you see God's love for you. We'll talk about that more in the news of the day tomorrow on Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.